Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, one and all. How are you? Yes, very well, very well. Are you well? I'm okay. Um, I'm. My girlfriend is away at the moment, so it's just me and the cats. And mm. I'm, I'm leaving the uh, the bedroom door open in case the cat wants to wander in. Um, she's oh. not a very loud cat, but there may be the occasional cat sound and what what um, sounds do cats make cats make a mewing sound ah. a meowing sound thank you very much i uh, i've learned something today today's it been a be day a, of learning a cat cameo that's right that's right cat cameo best kind of cameo and do you have any cats interfering with the broadcast today uh no um the cat is uh is making probably making cat noises in uh in my office cage. In her, in her cage, which is one centimetre by three centimetres. Uh, the cat cage. Uh, she's going to be taking me to cat court very soon, I think. Yes, um, as will I. Yes. And th- th- so those are the cat updates for this week. Yes. Very important. I think we should start every episode with cat news. Cat news, that's right. Or, or, or even muse. Muse, that's the one. Yeah, that's like what that, we're looking you? for. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Okay, so on to today's game. Um, this week's game is My Choice. And I this was a bit of a late addition for me, a bit of deliberation before picking this. Um, Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception. Um, it received a meta score of 92. Uh, was released on the PlayStation 3 in the year 2011. Uh, was developed by Naughty Dog and published by Sony Computer Entertainment. Um, so just a very brief background on the game. Um, obviously the sequel to Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. And after that game released, um, the team at Naughty Dog split into two halves and, um, the first half carried on work on the Uncharted series, creating Uncharted 3 um, Drake's Deception, and the other half went off to um, create the um, wildly unsuccessful Last of Us. I've so, not actually heard of that game. Yes. Yeah, no one has. No. And why would you? Uh, that's right. So yeah, a um, bit of a different team working on this game compared to Uncharted 2, Among Thieves, but um, Amy Hennig led this game, and it's a bit of a weird one, but I will explain why I have picked it later on okay so what the critics said at the time just getting the reviews up so obviously it was very positively reviewed um what did you hear about this game at the time i i don't really think i heard anything about this game when it came out i I didn't have an interest in the uncharted series um because i know that uncharted 2 was on the list was uncharted 1 on the list as well because i know that i played it it wasn't no okay um, so yeah, I'd, until really we did this list, 
I didn't have an experience with Uncharted, so it came out whenever it came out. I can't remember when it was, and it just kind of passed me by, I think. And this was this this is actually the first time I've ever played it. Um, although I'd played Uncharted one previously, and then I've played Uncharted two twice. So yeah, I didn't know anything about this game other than the Uncharted series was apparently quite good when it came out. But that's about it, you know. What about you? Um, so first I'm going to uh, give you a bit of feedback as, as to what the critics thought at the time. The, the, the top critic um, on Metacritic gave, was, was a company called GamePro, gave the game 100. Um, and the comment was, Overall, the combination of a robust multiplayer, a surprisingly compelling co-op adventure, and a thrilling 10-hour single-player campaign... Add up to a title that is, quite simply, a must-own. And the lowest critic score was, wow, drastically lower than any other critics. Just So just for um, completeness, the next critic up was 75. But this, um, this reviewer gave the game a 50, the AV Club. Two years after Thieves, Uncharted's gameplay mechanics and conventions are no longer dated. They're borderline archaic. So, is, 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 that all they, is, that, is that all they said? Yeah, that was it. Huh. Seems like a good review. Yeah, very, very thorough. Very thorough. <laughs> yes. Um, so you've kind of gone over your history of the game. My history, um, if you remember at university, I was very excited to play this before it came out. I took part in the the beta for this game which was like a multiplayer beta and um right i remember putting a bit of time into it actually and i remember a sort of airport hangar level and lots of nathan drakes were running around shooting each other with machine guns it was quite fun actually um after uncharted 2 among thieves i was quite hyped for this game and it was sort of the era where i got more hyped for games which i don't really do anymore um and I was excited for this game, and I was watching all the pre-release stuff and the um, the famous teaser of uh, Nathan Drake in front of a crashed plane, which is a very, very famous image. Yeah. Um, it was tantalising to me, and I was just intrigued as to what led to that event. Um, mm. I played the game while we were at university. I, I remember I played it in first year. And I spent a lot of time in your um, halls in first year, but I remember being away from your halls and playing it in my um, my halls in my dorm room in Willy Tom, in... <laughs> which sounds like a, an innuendo when you say it these days. But that that was the name of your halls, Willy Tom. Yeah, or Willy, right. William Did William you... Thompson, uh, if we're saying it properly. But Willy Tom, <laughs> Willy Tom. Yeah, that's the one. I didn't think that name would come up in this episode. There you go. Um, so I took time away and I played it in my halls of residence. And I wasn't convinced at first. I thought it had its moments, but I thought it was um, not as good as Uncharted 2. And I don't think I properly digested the game there and then. And I've played it a few times over the years, but not as much as either of the other of the original trilogy of Uncharted games. Um, so coming at it this time, 
I was actually quite fresh with it and hadn't played it for, for some time. There were some bits that I completely forgotten about and there were some bits that were really strong memories for me. Um, so yeah, that's my background. Obviously, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of the Uncharted games. I, I recognise they're divisive and I recognise as well that um, they've got strengths and weaknesses. They're not perfect games. But it's an interesting one to discuss and I think we're going to have a good discussion about it. So do you want to give us a rundown of the plot? Sure. So it takes place, I think, two years after the end of Uncharted 2. And in that time, um, Elena and Nathan have got married and uh, also separated, I think. I don't think they're divorced. Um, and Amicable separation. Yeah. And a big, like a big plot point in particularly the first game is the ring that Nathan wears around his neck. Um, as it is Francis Drake's ring from the from the seventeenth century, and Nathan Drake is um, is supposedly a descendant of, of Francis Drake, and the game really focuses on that ring and the kind of the path that it leads on. Um, so the the main basis of the game is that um, Nathan and Sully are chasing after like a secret they initially think it's like a secret treasure trove um that francis drake wouldn't give the information to to queen elizabeth the first um in the 1600s they later find out that francis drake had found a uh a forgotten city basically in the desert um and the story kind of lines up that um lawrence of arabia t lawrence uh, who partially I'm named after, so there you go. That's a bit of a, the bit of a tidbit part. for you. That's it, the T part. Teddy Edward, um, <laughs> no, Lawrence, Lawrence Olivier, and uh, Lawrence of Arabia is who I'm named after. So you've learnt something today. <laughs> and uh, Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. And Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, everyone's favourite Lawrence. A Lawrence Fishburne. Basically, every Lawrence you've ever come across, that's who, yeah. that's who I'm named after. Um, but yeah, so they they retrace the steps of Francis Drake and of T. Lawrence until they they track down where this, this city is. Um, but they're also be, like racing against um, an organisation which is fronted by a woman named Marlowe and her assistant... Uh, is it Dalton? Something Dalton? <laughs> Are you thinking of uh, Timothy Dalton? I'm not thinking of Timothy Dalton. No, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name either. Um, the 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 henchman in this game. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, and it, it's a race against them because it, it's um, it's discovered down the line that the city lets you like it turns people into like these fire demons, and it's it's just not a good thing. So you know, Nathan so and a, Sully. It, there's a hallucinogen there that um, mm-hmm. apparently affects people and makes people think things. And it's really quite an unexplored theme in the game. Um, bit of a trend with this game. Yeah, it's there's a lot of stuff that doesn't really get explained properly, I, I think. But it's... Uh, I mean, in terms of the story, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, an, it's an Uncharted game. Uh, they're, they're all quite similar, I think. So that's that's the basic story. And then at the end of the game, obviously you win. Um, Nathan and Elena get back together 
and everyone lives happily ever after. And most importantly, um, Cutter survives, which I'm very pleased about because he is a character that I quite like. So there you go. Talbot. Albert. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, Talbot. Talbot. Yeah. Oh, not Dalton. I thought it said Albert. So I was like, who's Albert? <laughs> Uncle Albert from Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> yeah, we're going through all the sitcoms today. All Talbot. Of there we go. So he's named after a pub, uh, is the henchman. Talbot. And he's a weird, like, I don't even know what he is. Like, I've, I've watched a video and Again. someone says he's like a cyborg, but... Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's, that's the video I watched. I also started watching another um, video and someone describes him as a wizard. And it's a bit, it's really left to the imagination, let's say, mm. as to um, what his weird perks He's are. very dislikable, but he's also one of the, the weaker... Very bland. ...side of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Carlo's a lot better as a, as, a, um, as a villain. Yeah, and I think the, the thing with this game is it's noted quite a few times as you're exploring and finding out things about this organisation that the people around you are really concerned about who it is you're actually up against this time because it seems like they've got a lot of resources and they're very dangerous, which in previous games has been the case as well, but this one it seems dialed up, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's the overall story, I'd say. It's um, it's quite basic, but with a lot of stuff that left well feels like it's left a little bit unanswered. Yeah, again, we never realize, we never um, find out who this shadowy organization is. Mm. So, um, another plot thread left unthreaded. Um, okay. So, what's changed between this and Uncharted Two, if anything? I, I don't think of. I don't really think much, to be honest. I. I can't remember when it was we played Uncharted 2. It doesn't feel like that long ago, but I think it is Not quite a while ago. because I'm pretty sure it was around the time that I came to visit you last, maybe, um, or maybe the time before that. Yeah, it's, it's probably about a year ago. And I've, I've, I've got... I don't really know how I feel about the Uncharted games. I don't know if I was harsh when we talked about Uncharted 2 or not, but I do have quite a few issues with these games. In terms of what's changed between Uncharted 2 and 3, it doesn't feel like much. Or if there has been things that have changed, I didn't notice them. Um, have you got I a list of things fair that have changed? Um, so I'll leave the largest thing, um, which is not really that large. Mm. So you've got some very minor gameplay tweaks, and, and all of this amounts to gameplay tweaks. Um, you've got some new moves that you can perform in terms of stealth. Um, you've got a new counter move that you can do with grenades, where you can throw them back. Which yeah, okay, yeah, that's new. Which you could you can do in pretty much many yeah. makes me think first of person third person games at the time. Yeah, so really not not revolutionary. And probably the biggest overhaul that anything got in this game was the um, the brawling system. Um, oh, with whereas... the grapples and the counters. Yeah, so the. It... And the uh, the environmental input as well. It was quite heavily hyped at the time, this overhaul to the brawling system. Um, in the original games, you had like a combo you could do by pressing the square button five times. You also had the, the heavy combo, which you did by pressing square, triangle, square. And 
that was really about it. And you had a, a single takedown from behind. I'm not. I think you you had some more moves that you could do in terms of stealth in Uncharted Two more than one. Mm. Um, but you can do a couple more here as well. And the actual brawling has had a bit of an overhaul. It still amounts to really button bashing. Um, but you've got some environmental takedowns that you can do. Probably the best example of this is actually right at the beginning of the game when you're in the London pub and you're fighting a bunch of people and you fight the brutes in the bathroom and you've got some quite cool yeah. interactive environment stuff. The the uh, the, the video that you um, referred to, my, my cat is making an appearance. So, uh, Excellent. <laughs> um, so the video Dobby's you here. referred to... <laughs> don't you call her Dobby <laughs> um, the video you referred to um, a moment ago says that often it seems like the Uncharted games are more concerned with how they look than how they play and I think that's not an invalid point and certainly the brawling looks very good even if it doesn't always play very well um, so that that's kind of it. Um, I do want to touch on. Actually, no. I'll leave it for the next section. So on to our ever-present feature: gameplay is king. Is Uncharted Three fun to play? Sometimes I I might have given it the same feedback in Uncharted Two, but I find this game somewhat frustrating to play. I think that the thing that you just mentioned there is that it doesn't always seem like it's focused on the gameplay. I think that's. I agree with you. It's, it's a fair. It's a fair comment, and. Often, more often than not, I found this game to be frustrating in terms of gameplay rather than enjoyable. There are, I think, the standout with the Uncharted games isn't necessarily its gameplay, but it's its set pieces. Yes, I'm glad you said that. I mean, I think some of them are overhyped. I mean, the the train section and Uncharted Two that I know that you're a big fan of, and I've seen a lot of other people rave about. I didn't really get it that much. But there are some really decent set pieces in this game that I, I, I quite enjoyed. But the overall gameplay loop of this game, I probably wouldn't say that it's fun. I think that when the the platforming and the jumping around and the free running is working well, it's fun. But other than that, I don't think the combat's fun. I think the combat's very aged. Even maybe before when it came out. But um, yeah, I question of pacing um i don't know because i also i also uh, again I, I was looking at quite a few things yesterday in preparation for the episode and someone said that the first half of this game is really well paced and i would agree with that um there's a lot more gaps between the combat sections and it doesn't feel like you're overwhelmed and well, then you get to it's split isn't it I think the game is split into and funnily enough in that video that we both watched by Joseph Anderson it's split into three parts as well but yeah I see the first part as being London the French Chateau and that's section one section two is Syria and the Citadel and then section three and maybe some of Yemen and then section three is um, like the the pirates and then going over to um, to the desert, that's section three of the game. And I agree with you. I think the game starts off quite strong, but I think Syria is, it isn't great. Yeah. 
I'm, uh, again, you're kind of echoing some of my original thoughts from 2011, where I felt like the game was very strong up until Syria, and then it really dips hard. Yeah, um, and, and I it think... picks itself up again, and then it then it has a couple oh, more. Dips I, I think then... I don't think it picks up again until you get onto the big cruise ship. Um, so like the, the the entire run up to getting to the cruise ship, um, where you're going through like the the boat scrapyard. I hated it. It was one of the most irritating points of the game for me. Yeah. And, and then the set piece on the, on the boat with it, you know, sinking and the, the big hangar and it's flooding was pretty decent. And then that's fine. The, the section with the plane, I'd seen loads of footage of before and it's pretty good. There are some frustrating sections in there maybe. And then, it kind of dips again in terms of the slow Nathan losing his mind. And Joseph Anderson makes a very good point that Nathan's been roaming around the desert for two days. He then finds this abandoned village. He can barely walk because he's so tired and he's not had any water. And then like, he just, he doesn't have any water and he's just fine again, Um, which is weird. But yeah, that, that section is a bit irritating. And then the section with the horses um, really good again. And then the final section being the, I can't remember the name of the, the city but i thought that was bar of the desert or something like that yeah it's um yeah the atlantis of the desert isn't it is it's um but yeah i thought that was a bit meh so it's very varied but the the answer to the question is i don't think this game is particularly fun because there are so many things that pull it down and i think that's my problem with the uncharted games overall Um, so when is it at its most fun probably the set pieces um, and when you're not forced to go through reams and reams of enemies, it gets so so boring. And there's um, there's a note that that Matthew Matosis said in his um, his review of The Last of Us, where you've you've seen that video, haven't you? Yeah. And he talks about when um, Joel and Tess come up against like the first enemies in the game, and there's a load of like. Um, you know, crates on the floor or whatever that are obviously oh, yeah. there for cover. And Joel goes, okay, here we go. And Matthew Matosis was like, yep, and that was exactly my thought. And every time playing this game, I walked into a section where I knew it was going to be just enemies being thrown at you and there was cover and things to go. I was like, oh, here we go again. Frustrating. Um, but like I said, when the, the set pieces are fantastic. The, the bit on the horse, brilliant. I love that. Probably the best part of the game. But yeah, th- th- I think those sections are too infrequent to say that this game is fun overall, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I it's, think... it's a shame because I wanted to like this a lot more than I did Uncharted 2. This game is weird and I can really enjoy this game. I mm. can be having a blast with it. And then it likes to throw roadblocks at you and... I would get frustrated myself. Um, I wouldn't say that... I I think because I'm familiar with the series as well, I wouldn't say that I was um, really too frustrated because I knew what I was in for, but there were definitely times where I died against a brute or against an armoured enemy or against multiple waves or my biggest gripe, which I did want to mention, um, I kind of alluded to the stealth moves, is... My my biggest problem with this game in terms of the gameplay is the broken stealth 
And what I mean by that is in Uncharted 1, you had the takedown from behind. There wasn't really stealth in the game. You could maybe take out one or two enemies at most with stealth. And they expanded it with Uncharted 2. And you could actually get through a couple of areas if you were very careful with stealth. Um, and and here, it I don't know if it feels like it's taken a step back or if it's just the same. But there are areas that are set up for stealth. And the, the big frustration for me is the, the ballroom in the ship, mm-hmm. which uh, Nathan Drake makes a comment saying something along the lines of, ah, should do this quietly. Yeah. And the way that that area is set up, and you can watch this on YouTube, you have to be so prescriptive um, with your movements and with your manipulating of the enemy behavior to get through that section stealthily and it's not even stealthily it involves throwing a grenade um that it may as well not be there Mm. and i don't understand why these sections were set up so obviously to take advantage of the stealth but the ai is not up to scratch and this was um, made a lot worse because we've just come off the back of playing splinter cell double agent where stealth absolutely works all the time so it was quite disappointing. Yes, you can still get through a, th- a few areas with stealth, but they inevitably give you the two enemies at the end that are facing you and cannot be taken out because they're looking um, in, in the direction of you and also they're too close to each other. So mm. you always trigger that second wave. If you somehow do man- manage to trick the game and take out those enemies, you do actually miss the second wave. So it's built in there, but... It's, it's very you, specific as to how you trigger that. You really have to go online and um, look yeah. at the YouTube videos, and there are people that are saying they've tried things a hundred times and a hundred different strategies, and it doesn't work. Mm. Now, stealth would really improve in the following game, but that was my biggest gripe in terms of the gameplay. Um especially since it presents it as an option so much of the time, it gives you this slightly expanded arsenal of stealth stealth moves that you can't really use that often. And it just... I I don't mind the combat. I I will admit it's my least favourite aspect of this game. If this game is made up of um, so many different aspects, um, your, your platforming, your puzzle solving, your set pieces your story development narrative areas and your gunplay i would say the gunplay is yeah easily the worst and in short doses it's okay and there are some sections where it works quite nicely depending on the section depending on the setup Um, one section that i actually really enjoyed was within the ship graveyard area but it's right at the end of it where you've got a number of platforms and stories yeah, yeah. Storm is starting up, and there's not a huge amount of enemies to fight, and you can actually use stealth in this section, mm-hmm. and it's just quite cool jumping from platform to platform. Um, the waves do impact the platforms, and sometimes yeah. your jump won't be enough, and you can swing from platform to platform. It's a nice little playground, but that this game doesn't do that anywhere near close enough or or, no. or enough, um, and there are points where it just devolves into these um, shooting galleries. Yeah. 
And that's where it's at its worst. And funnily enough, of the first three games, although it may not have the most consistent combat in terms of there are whole sections of this game where combat is not a thing, um, when it does commit that sin, it commits it badly because there are waves upon waves of enemies and then you'll get armor and shotguns and then you'll get multiple grenades thrown at you and then Mm -hmm. you get the rocket launcher guys that that, um, will fire rockets at you and yeah yeah so it gets a bit tiresome at times but generally speaking i would say um 60 of it is fun and entertaining but it's it's dragged down by 40 percent um and there are some real highs in there as well but there are also some some lows do you have a favorite move to use in this game uh I I wouldn't call it a move. I'd say I have a favourite weapon to use. Um, okay. I, in fact, no, I'd say move. The move would be the platforming when it works well and Nathan doesn't fly off into directions that you don't plan him to go into. That would probably be what I'd say um, in terms of moves. Well, when the platforming's good in this game, it's pretty decent, but it is inconsistent again. So that's what I would yeah. say. What about you? Um, I like the new move, Death from above where you're basically above an enemy and you, mm-hmm. if you tap the square button you just do this kind of diving yeah. <laughs> elbow drop onto them um, it doesn't give you the option anywhere near enough to use it no. but it's a fun little move to use when you do get to use it mm. yeah it's fair so you kind of alluded to your favourite thing being the uh, the convoy later on in the game any other favourite areas um I, th- I thought the chateau was okay until a billion enemies turned up and I thought the fire was was, was alright when you're trying to escape um, but yeah I'd say the convoy on the ho- on horseback is probably the best part of the game in my opinion um, and the the ship flooding when you're in the ballroom and the, the entire roof cracks and caves in quite cool as well yeah it's pretty epic but then somehow Nathan wakes up on a beach uh, and I'm just like, there's no way he would have he would have absolutely drowned. There, there is no chance he would have survived that. But yeah, probably the convoy. What about you? Um, I like London for the most part until you get to the uh, the, the gunplay. Funnily enough, um, I think that all, the entire setup there is quite cool and it's pretty decent. Um, basically visual interpretation of London. So if you're standing on the rooftop, uh, I, I used to work in London, used to travel to London every day. And the facsimile of London in terms of the skyscrapers that are there, um, the gherkin, stuff like that, it's quite accurate. Um, so that's quite cool that they've done that. They've taken the time to do that. I also like the French Chateau. And I remember seeing a video, I think it might be in the um, original version of the game, I'm not sure if it's in the remaster, but the fire tech that they used was considered to be quite ahead of its time at the time, Um, Mm. and it is quite impressive. There are times where that looks like a real raging inferno below you, and then you've got the tower falling down while you're escaping as well, which again is pretty cool. Um, Syria can get in the bin, really. Uh, Yeah, I didn't like that bit. And... I, I liked moments of the seafarer. So I quite like um, when you go to what, what, what country is it? I can't even remember. Yemen. Yeah, when you go to Yemen, it's this game's version of the mountain village. 
It's that moment of pause, yeah. that moment to stop and just to take in the culture and the environment. Nowhere near as effective as the mountain village, um, but it's still pretty cool. But then yeah. you, again, get into a shootout there, which is quite annoying because they use smoke grenades and then there are little bugs everywhere. <laughs> yes, and little, little friendly spiders. Some of the stuff on the, on the uh, as I said, the ship graveyard, when the, when the storm starts to rage and then when you finally do get onto the large ship, that's cool, the cruise ship. And I actually really like the stuff on the plane. I like the stuff in the desert. I like the way that it's done. The way that they pass time, the way that you are traveling across a desert, you're not necessarily given loads of freedom, but it's no. a clever narrative device to advance time and to make you feel that Drake is out there dying. Um, very thirsty. Very thirsty. It doesn't need water, though. Um, no, I don't need that. And the last area, I think, is a big disappointment, frankly. Yeah. I do like the convoy, though. The convoy is very cool. Um, to be, on, to be okay. honest with you, I, I, I found that... I don't really remember the last section of Uncharted 1, to be fair, but I found that the last section in all of the Uncharted games that I've played, which is 1, 2, and 3, to be quite disappointing. Yeah. Um, like, it's what Uncharted 1's got the uh, U-boat with the zombies. That's pretty cool, actually. It's probably one of the stronger areas in that game. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's there's just something ultimately disappointing that I find with the Uncharted games that there are some great moments but it just never kind of gets to the level that it needs to be and and maybe this is because I played the games you know ten years after everyone else did perhaps um, but I feel that there's just it, it's it's un like undelivered potential I think with the Uncharted games yeah. Um... Certainly Uncharted 2 Among Thieves felt really big at the time. And I think that's because it came off the back of Uncharted 1, which is really felt like wasted potential in a way. Um, and it came out and it was so much better and it was so much more refined. But again, this is a 2010 game, I believe. Or two, no, 2009 game. Um, and we're looking back from 2023. Um, Uncharted 3 just doesn't feel like the next step and I think that's part of the problem do, do you know what's interesting though is that and I mean I haven't played played them for probably about 7 or 8 years but the um, the Tomb Raider remake trilogy that came out I really enjoyed those and it is pretty much the same game um, but I don't know it just feels like it's done a little bit better. And I think maybe it's because there are quite a few open world sections, maybe. in. I like those games. Um, I, I actually think probably some of the gameplay in those games is better than here. Yeah, definitely. The but combat, I, I think, feel was better. Like, I feel like the wrappings of those games and certainly the narrative, I don't know, it just doesn't do as much for me. Yeah, I get that. Um, I feel like... I don't know. Something about the new Lara Croft character doesn't quite work. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and I feel like it's, it, though, that, that's a series of diminishing returns as well. I feel like the first one is the best one. And then... I've not played the third one. I thought the second was decent. Um, but yeah, I've, not, I've only watched you play a little bit of the, the third one. I just watched oh, you run around Croft Yeah, Manor. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I quite like those. I don't love them, but I quite like them. I think they're yeah. decent games and they're definitely stronger than some of the Tomb Raider offerings that we've had. Um, okay. One thing I noted was uh, this time it really struck me how similar this game is to Uncharted 2 in terms of the structure. Like there are story beats in Uncharted 2 that this game just mirrors. It doesn't even make any attempt to um, to give them a fresh coat of paint or anything. So some of the areas that I, I thought... So the plane feels like they said, oh, how can we outdo the train? Oh, we'll do a plane. It's bigger and it's flying and we'll do a bigger set piece. Um, each game has a convoy. Uncharted 2 has a convoy near the end. Uncharted 3 has a convoy near the end. Um, they each end in a lost city. And in terms of the plot, you, you come across Elena about the same point in each game. And you have that friction between Drake and Elena, and which it's eventually resolved at the end. Yeah, it's, 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 it's weird how in terms of they could be the same story, but just with a different, um, different events, different, different color paint. Yeah, and and um, what do they call it when uh, Mac, Mac, they call it MacGuffin or something? When they say that, you, like in in the Indiana Jones films and that they're they're looking for yeah, there's always something some item of for. power yeah, yeah, the MacGuffin, that could the, be interchangeable. The yeah, it could be interchangeable and mm-hmm. it really is the, the central device of some of these games, certainly the first three Uncharted games. Have, um, you, um, have you ever seen the Easter egg, just on a, a little side note? Because I've, I've watched videos on Uncharted 3 before and obviously uh, this came out a couple of years before uh, The Last of Us. In the, um, in the London pub, when you beat everyone up and you're about to head out into the kitchen... There's a newspaper on the side of the bar that talks about a fungal infection breaking out and doctors not knowing what to do with it. I vaguely, rec- I, I vaguely mm. remember it. Yeah, I mean, it's not no, it's the kind of thing you have to look for, but yeah, it's uh, a nice little, nice little Easter egg that, uh, I, that I appreciated. I knew it was there, so I went looking for it. Okay, um, so... Why did you like the convoy so much? So I've got a section where we talk about set pieces. Why did you like the convoy so much? What worked about it? Anything that didn't work about it? Uh, it didn't go on for too long is the big thing. I think that this game, you mentioned earlier pacing. I think this game really struggles with keeping sections in the game that overstay their welcome. And maybe it's because the the horse, horse riding was a completely new um, part of the game which hadn't been an Uncharted game before, maybe. But it just felt a little bit faster. Um, and it, it just worked. Um, but I, th- I think it's probably the fact that it didn't go on for, for way too long. I think that's important. Um, yeah, because, I, yeah. I think that's a really good section. And they they did quite well with the horse riding. It's not the best horse by any means in gaming. And, no, no. But it's, it's, it's still pretty decent, especially for such a short... Um, set pieces mm-hmm. you say and when you jump on the horse from different angles you get different animations for how Drake lands on the horse and you're jumping from truck to truck and there's something very satisfying about it it I'm also playing, felt um, like there were stakes as well yeah yeah because you're trying to get to the front of the convoy um, I'm playing Modern Warfare 2 the, the version not the, the original one. not the remaster or the remake 
um, but the new version that came out last year, they mm. have a convoy section and it went on far, far too long. And it was a similar sort of setup, but it just went on far too long. So quite easy to get wrong. Um, my favourite set piece, it's not the most interactive, but I described it to you before um, you played the game as a, as a breathless set piece. It's um, It's stolen right out of something else, but even so, I don't really care. So it's it's when all the cargo comes out the back of the plane and mm-hmm. you're hanging off the back of the plane and the camera angles and again it feels it feels like there are stakes it, it feels like you're going to fall off the back even though you're not and it's quite simple what you have to do it's, it's right out of a Timothy Dalton Bond film isn't it it is correct yeah. it's it's straight living out daylights? Of, uh, the living daylights yeah. which is a very impressive stunt um, from that film very very impressive and a very good Bond film. Um, so yeah, I feel like that the the developers of this game watched that film because that film the, the entire sort yeah, of yeah feels straight third out, act is in the is in the desert and um, it's in Afghanistan, got, isn't it? Yeah, you've got the Mujahideen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like the rebel group that you you find in this game are, are similar to that group. Yeah, in all but name. Um, I know well, the, the to be fair. It might even be the fact that they were trying to do a few subtle nods to Bond in this game because there is a mention of um, 007. Yeah, the map that you find, John D, John who D. apparently was the the original um, 007 for the Queen back in the 1600s. So it might be the fact that there are a couple of references to Bond in there that they threw in because of that, maybe. Yeah, I think they've definitely watched that film. Mm. Um, yeah, 100%. 100%. I know the Mujahideen don't have a good reputation these days. That's a. I thought you were just going to say that you know the Mujahideen. No, it's a complicated topic for another time, not for mm. this um, light, frothy Quite. podcast about Uncharted. Um, so, uh, you, do you know anything about the multiplayer? No, no. But I mean, if it's anything like other um, Naughty Dog games on multiplayer, I imagine it's just a team-based shooter that's in third person. Um, when I played it, again, I didn't play it a huge amount, but I did play the, the, the beta at the time. Um, it was all the all, but it was quite fun. But I think they were borrowing from Call of Duty. It certainly wasn't revolutionary, but it was considered to be quite a decent multiplayer mode for the time. Just thought I'd give it a nod here. Um, what about the audio? We've not talked talk much about that. I, I was thinking about this before we started recording. Um, obviously, Nolan North voices Nathan Drake again and you know he's good and I think the the voice actor for Sully is brilliant as well um but I don't know if I brought it up in the Uncharted 2 episode but before we started recording when I was um when we were waiting to to, to call, call call each other to start start the record uh, yeah to start the recording um I listened to the the main theme uh so um Nathan's theme or Drake's theme to hype yourself up sort of like the Rocky soundtrack before it is a bit yeah and I'd probably even go as far as to say you what before episode do you do this often I do yeah it prompts me it's it's what what I do when I'm feeling really sad in the morning I'm like now listen to this and everything will be fine everything will be okay that's definitely a tradition we're going to adopt for all future episodes genuinely I think that the the main theme tune of the Uncharted games is Possibly, in my opinion, one of the best game themes that there is. Okay. Um, I don't, it's, it's just a very, very good 
theme tune for a series. Um, and, you know, you've got other games in that there. But, I mean, like, one final push from, uh, from Halo 3 is also fantastic. You've got the main theme from, like, the, the, the original Metal Gear Solid that I put up there. But I think that the, the Uncharted theme is one of the best that there is in, in terms of games. Uh, it is very good. But overall music, pretty much the same as the last game. Uh, the voice acting very decent as How well. How would you describe the music in a sentence? What, what, um, if you were to describe it to someone that hadn't heard it before, what sentence would you use to describe the arc, the nature of the music? I would say that the music is big. Perhaps. Okay. Um, that probably doesn't make sense. But no, it does make sense actually. Yeah, yeah it's um, it feels very grand. I think. Um, yeah again another good word but yeah that, that that's what I said but yeah I, I think the music was good um, and, and the overall sound of the game as you would expect with Naughty Dog you know yeah um, I think certainly the main theme does a very good job of summing up what the series is if your main yeah. theme is your wares you're, you're setting the table for what the game is what the game does mm-hmm. thematically it's the right theme for the game and it's catchy. Um, I've probably heard it a bit too much over the years. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strong one. I think um, generally the score is very fitting to what you're doing. So the right piece of music will play at the right time. Mm-hmm. When you're in the desert, you've kind of got that intriguing music, which is a bit quieter, a bit more subtle. Um, when you've got the big sweeping set pieces, um, you've got that score going full blast and it's not anything it doesn't pass the test of would i listen to it outside of the game but it's a very solid complimentary soundtrack it is um the voice acting very strong the new additions to the voice cast also very strong so cutter uh the new character in the game who's kind of like your cockney big lad um <laughs> yeah that's right he's uh got some very good dialogue very witty and the actor that played him went off to be in The Hobbit. Um, so that's why he was written out of the game halfway through. So, bit of trivia for you. Nice. Yeah, I like Cutter. He's a good character. He is, and shame we don't see him again, really. Yeah. Um, how about the visuals? I know this is a, a game from 2011, but um, um, how does it hold up? Similar to, to um, Uncharted 2, I think. Uh, I feel that some of the character design on people that aren't Nathan and Sully isn't great. Like the enemies feel very, very samey because there's so bloody many of them. Um, but the graphics, like some of the environments are, you know, stunning when you first go into the, the lost city, um, same as with Uncharted two, you know, it looks amazing. Um, and the, the decor and the design of the chateau in France, um, looks amazing. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd say it's similar in line to Uncharted 2. It, it looks like um, kind of like a high-end PS3 game, is what I'd say, but yeah. not quite on the level of MGS4. No, no, nothing nothing is from that era, is it? Um, no. Yeah, it's, it's a very detailed game and the environments look glossy and yeah. nice to look at. I'd say that the character models haven't aged quite as well as the no, they environments haven't. necessarily. No. Um, apparently Amy Hennig, when she was um, directing this game, said she wanted to push the team to basically create realistic fire, to create realistic waves, 
and to create realistic sand. So that's why we've mm. got those three sort of um, areas that you see in the game. Yeah. And particularly out of those, um, I think the sand is very, very impressive. Um, the way that Nathan Drake traverses the sand and you can see it deform under his feet yeah. and you can see him slip down there and you get the, the kind of avalanches of sand as you interact with it. It's all very effective, just small touches. I remember as well that they said um, that thing that Nathan Drake does where when you're walking past a wall and, he's, and he puts he's his, like, hand puts on his hands out and touches things as he passes them. Yeah, apparently that was really difficult to do and it was one of the first games to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's again these small touches that make Nathan Drake feel yeah. like he belongs in these environments. Mm-hmm. From, a, from a visual aesthetic... Yeah, there wasn't much that could compete with this back then. Um, obviously, maybe not aged as well as some other games, but yeah, it's yeah. A, still a visually impressive game. Okay, on to our question of the week. So our question of the week is about the aforementioned set pieces. What do you think makes a good set piece? Um, good game design. And that is my answer. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's personal to, to different people. For me... What are some of your favourite set pieces and what works about them? I am struggling to think of any off the top of my head. Can you Have you, have you got an answer to that? Yeah, well, first of all, I'll give you a bit of... Um, I, was, I was looking... for a sort of definition of what a set piece is Mm. and the way the wording that someone used to describe it I forget who it was um, apologies for that was interactive scripted moments so a scripted moment where something is happening that's out of your control but you you can interact with it you have some um, agency in what's going on now good examples for me um, I'm assuming that you're about to shout out um, whether you do or don't kiss Madison in Heavy Rain. Well, that is... I mean, that's that's set piece of the game, isn't it? Um, that is. <laughs> yeah. It's cringe the game. Uh, no, I wasn't going to I wasn't gonna mention that one, finally. I'm very enough. surprised. I'm very surprised to hear yeah. that. Yeah. It's not, not my favourite game. Not up there. Although it was once recognised as a much better game than it now is recognized jason uh, yeah it's not aged well aged terribly yes. actually um so the, so a lot of the level all giddied up in call of duty yeah. modern warfare is set pieces mm. so you have agency in what's going on but you've got very scripted moments like the moment where you're lying in the field and you get the the battalion that yes. crosses the field um, or the sniper moment later on, where you where you're sniping, that's a, that's a set piece. Um, there's some really really strong set pieces in there. One of my favourite set pieces in gaming is from a game that we played as part of the podcast. So in Metal Gear Solid Four, you've got the radiation chamber, and you've got Snake crawling just through. slowly crawling through and. Anyone that's listened to that episode knows that I have a, a soft spot for that game. That, to me, is a brilliant set piece. And you're not doing a lot and you don't need to do a lot. But 
you've got that interactivity. It's a scripted moment and it does everything that it needs to do. Um, so there's some strong ones for me. Any that come to your mind now? There really aren't. I I don't know if it's because my, I'm brain dead. I, I mean, I might be, but I can't think of it. Like I've, I've even just Googled uh, while you've been talking, like the best video game set pieces, because I can't think of any off the top of my head. And like looking in the list, there is one from Final Fantasy VIII, which I loved, which is the the siege on Dolit, um, which obviously you won't know what that is because you haven't played Final Fantasy VIII. Um, Dolits, yes, I know Dolits. You know Dolit well. That's where you're from, isn't it? That's um, where Mr. Blobby's from. That's where Mr. Blobby's from. Siege on Blobby's Dolit. Actually, no, that sounds like another innuendo. Like that. <laughs> sounds like don't, a bit of an innuendo there. Don't want to go. Don't want to go near anyone's Dolit. Um, <laughs> Especially not Mr. Blobby's. Well, certainly, certainly not Mr. Blobby's. I, I I can't think of any off the top of my head. That that's um, I think this is the first time a question of the week stumped me, and I can't think of anything. Um, but I'll have a think. So another example. Another example would be um, it's it's not a huge set piece. It's a very small moment in the grand scheme of the game, but it's a very um, important moment. So the moment at the end of Metal Gear Solid Three, where you, oh, where you um, shoot the boss, shoot yeah, shoot the boss. It's technically a, a set piece. Um, meets our criteria for a set piece. So yeah, that's another one that's um, quite a big one. Uh, okay. Describe Uncharted 3 in a word. Can I use two? Yes. I think it's the one that I used earlier. Um, undelivered potential. I think that... Okay. I think that it could have been... I really wanted it to be good as well because I've heard so many like good things about Uncharted 3 and I know how good people say Uncharted 4 is. And it's always the expectation, isn't it? That as a game series goes on, it gets better until you've milked it so much that it gets worse. But I think that it could have been so much more than it was and my expectation maybe was a little bit too high with this game perhaps. But what, what's the potential that you see in it? Just so, we've not we've not really delved into that. No, it it just could have been so less samey. Like if they put more time, and I realise that this was a smaller development team because half of them went to go and work on the Last of Us, which you know. I don't know enough. if it was smaller. I don't know if they just filled that half with um, mm. less experienced people. I don't know. Perhaps. I don't quite know how it worked. But it felt like that there were a fair amount of cool environments that you know they did a lot of work on and made them interactive and explorable. But I feel that there should have been more exploration compared to how much combat there was because the Uncharted games combat isn't great. Like it never has been in any of the games. And I don't know if that changes in Uncharted 4. I'm, I'm not sure. But it just felt like there could have been so much more rather than just another monotonous open space where you've just got to butcher everyone. Um, and you know, I know that it's a running meme of Nathan Drake's body count, um, for someone that's an explorer, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, it could have been so much more if they'd have spent more time thinking about the environments rather than thinking about, oh, this might get a bit boring. We need to throw some gunplay in, you know? Yeah. What, 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 what what would you say? I've been debating. I, I was, I woke up in the middle of the night. 
and my mind wandered and I was thinking, what's the word that I would use to describe this game? You've just triggered a word in me because um, it's, it's still not decided. So it's kind of based on our discussion in this episode. Restless. A restless game. Um, it's like like you say, what can we do to... to advance the plot what can we do in this area i mean we've got we've got a whole section in this game as you mentioned the pirates where the plot does not advance and it just feels like it's full of combat and it's restless and this game is a bit like a restless person um if it's so what what do you do when you when you're restless so we'll throw in a set piece oh we'll throw in some combat and it feels like a lot of the patience is wasted in the first act and then it kind of gets a bit restless. Oh, we're very restless and we won't actually finish the plot or um, uncover half of the stuff that we obviously originally had planned. Um, Wizard Talbot and Cyborg Talbot and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah it's, it's a weird restless game that tries to be bigger than Uncharted 2, but bigger is not always better. No, quite. However... I think I really do think the set pieces are second to none. Um, I've um, I'd... I've thought of a set piece. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not particularly a, a favourite of mine, uh, but I've just been looking through a few more things, and Call of Duty keeps getting mentioned, and they talk about the nuclear aftermath in uh, Modern Warfare in um, Call of Duty Four. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. You know, it, it's probably up there, but the one for me would probably be. Uh, Modern Warfare 2, no Russian, like that whole level. Because it is on, um, it is effectively on um, on a track, isn't it? No Russian. And Remind me what which one's no Russian? It's where you go into the airport and butcher everyone. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, sure that is a set piece level. That is, yeah, very like, scripted. Crazy. But yeah, that that that's probably the one that I would that, that I would say comes to mind. Maybe. So I'm going to ask you: Does Uncharted Three deserve to be on the list? No. Like, like I said, it could have been so much better than it was. Um, but that it, it's difficult because I think an Uncharted game deserves to be on the list. But I don't know. It definitely isn't Uncharted One. But I don't know if I would say Uncharted Two either. It feels like all three of them kind of fall down in different areas. But one of them does deserve to be on there. But I I don't know what one it would be. But um, yeah, I don't think Uncharted 3 deserves to be on the list. What do you think? Why do you think I picked it? Because I think you wanted to see how I felt about it compared to Uncharted 2. As well as the fact I think at some point we're probably going to play Uncharted 4, aren't we? Yes. I think it's a setup for Uncharted 4 and just to see how different it is because I know correct it is a huge improvement on the other games Uncharted 4 isn't it um it's certainly a next generation game yeah. um with everything that that brings new uh new gameplay uh new engine yeah amazing graphics um whether or not it's better, we'll leave it up to that episode. Uh, I really like Uncharted 4, and if it was not in the open critic list, I would have put it forward mm. as one of my games. Yeah. I wanted to bridge the gap between Uncharted 2 and 4. I wanted to see 
what the stepping stone in the, in the middle was before we got to Uncharted 4. And yeah. I thought it would create interesting conversation. I also wanted to go back to it and I wanted to get your opinion on um, 3 in terms of some of those set pieces as well. Yeah. I don't believe it deserves to be on the list. Mm-mm. I think um, Uncharted 2 is a more rounded game than Uncharted 3. I think it's a more consistent game than Uncharted 3. And what can't be understated was that at the time, Uncharted 2 felt really special. Um, I was blown away. And I, I, I don't think I went into Uncharted 2 with massive expectations, but I was blown away when I first played it. Um, and I probably went into Uncharted 3 overhyped and was a bit disappointed. And I, I'm probably only now um, really coming to terms with how I feel about Uncharted 3. I think it's got tremendous highs, breathless set pieces, um, and it's dragged down by what at times feels like the worst combat in the series and just terrible stealth scenes that should have learned. Um, If Double Agent was doing it in 2006, it should have learned by now um, what is acceptable. Don't even put stealth in your game if you can't deliver on it because poor stealth is just doesn't belong there just very frustrating to play um so no it doesn't deserve to be there it's definitely better than uncharted one but it's a weird it's a weird game and i think it's that split development team neil Druckmann and co went off to do the last of us and left amy hennig and um i saw some other people talking about this game saying that uncharted was battling with its identity was it this comedic um light-hearted game or did it want to be something heavier and more serious and this game, you can really see those two sides battling um, until we kind of land on what we land on in Uncharted 4. So we're going we're gonna to see, obviously, what Uncharted 4 has to deliver and what you think about that. Um, so I'm not going to delve any deeper into that. But what's coming up next time on the list? So we've, we've got it straight after this episode. Yes, we've uh, got a Halloween game. Next time. So uh, for the Halloween episode this year, we uh, last two years we've done. Um, well, last yeah, last two years we've done Resident Evil, haven't we? Uh, Resident. Oh, Evil. we did Silent Hill one two. Oh, one we year, did. Yeah. We? So this will be our fourth Halloween. Uh, yeah. So we've done Silent wow. Hill two. Um, we've done Resident Evil four, and we've done Resident Evil Co. Veronica, um, which we both know was our favourite game. So this year we're switching it up a little bit with something very different and I don't think it was even a game you'd heard of until I mentioned it, had you? I think I'd heard the name thrown about but I didn't know any mm. details as to what it was. Yeah, so uh, so next week we're... Next week? Is Halloween next week or is it in two weeks? Uh, so we'll release the episode week. next week in preparation of Halloween on the 31st that's correct so yes next week we'll be releasing our Halloween episode which is on the 2022 game The Mortuary Assistant uh, which is an indie game which is a bit spooky um, and I would say tune into that episode because I think it's going to be interesting and we've got a very big game coming up after that which I'm very excited for um for anyone that's listened to the podcast for a long Bobby's time. Tales. It's um they actually released a game which was a cart race a cart racer about Mr. Blobby. Um and it, that's what it is. It's, it's Mr. Blobby cart racer. 
better than Mario Kart. You heard it here first. That's right. Almost as good as the Garfield Kart Racer, I believe. And will you be listening to um, the theme of Mortuary Assistant before we record the episode? I probably will. Maybe then I'll listen to the Uncharted one as well, you know, just to, um, you know, just, 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 just for, just to keep up appearances, really. Yeah. Um, but yes, as usual. Necessary. Yes. Uh, you can find us on social media. You can also email us at the long podcast at hotmail.com. As always, we'd appreciate any likes, ratings, comments that you send our way, or if you're happy to refer a friend to listen to us, that would be lovely as well and we would be honored to bring you into the fold of people that listen to this podcast but that is all all the blobbies all all of the all of your blobby friends except noel he can't come he didn't invite us to his house party so he has to stay away um but yes that is it for uncharted 3 is there anything else from you for today no that's it well that's bloody lovely then we'll see you next week for the mortuary assistant and in the meantime take care cheerio see you on the next one